morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. It's just a good day. It's a good day to be alive. Yeah, that's more like it. It's great to see you here today. My name's Austin. If we haven't met before, I get to serve here at the Vista as one of our lead pastors. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, whether you're here physically or you're gathering with us online or online campus, good morning, online campus. We are so grateful to have you. A lot of us remember how hard it is to go to church for the first time or the first time in a long time or the first time since, you know, a pandemic started or whatever the case is. And we just hope that you feel loved, welcomed and wanted and right at home here at the Vista. Before we jump in, I wanted to acknowledge that this is obviously a a really big week for our community, right? We got our school starting on Tuesday. It's going to be a unique school year, to say the least, especially start to the school year. And so we wanted to take just a moment to acknowledge uh, all of our teachers and administrators and custodians and you name it. If you are in education and in our school districts, we want you to know that we cannot be more proud of you all the time. Um, But especially right now, the formation of our children, not just cognitively, but as little healthy human beings, right? That's what happens in schools is such a profoundly important thing. And we are so incredibly grateful for you and proud of you. And so if you would, would you mind standing up so we can acknowledge you? And we're going to pray a prayer for you. So if you're a teacher, administrator, uh, custodian involved in our school districts, don't be bashful. Stand up. It's fine. You're you're among family here. We just want to see you so that we can clap for you and pray for you. All right, if you feel comfortable around them, you can, you can raise up a hand towards them as we pray this prayer of blessing over them this morning, okay? Gracious God, <clears throat> thank you for our brothers and sisters who have heard your call on their lives to serve and show the love of Jesus through teaching, through participation in our school districts. We pray that you would give them resiliency and compassion and wisdom that you would keep them safe and our children safe, that you would use them to show the love of God to children in Bell County. We could not be more grateful for them. We pray your prayers of blessings over them this semester, especially this first week as they start. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, guys and girls. We are very, very grateful for you. So today we are in the fifth and final week of our series called How to Be a series where we've been exploring the hurry sickness that plagues modern culture, right? You remember this quote from week one, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day, not sexual immorality, not secularism, not any ism. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. In our day, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. We've countered that with Jesus's invitation to a life of rest. Now, he said the whole series is really about learning how to receive these three sentences that Jesus said once upon a time. They're from Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Take a deep breath, and I'm going to speak these three sentences over us again, okay? This is Jesus in Matthew 11. He says, hey, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Anybody weary and heavy laden? Oh, Lord knows I am. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's Jesus' invitation. And we've said that the irony is that, you know, Jesus comes offering rest, but finding rest takes a little bit of work, yeah? That's why everybody wants rest, everybody wants peace, everybody wants contentment, but so few people find it. And so Jesus says, hey, look, 
I want to give you my rest. There is nothing I want more. That's why I came to planet Earth. That's why I died on the cross. Why I was raised again to give you this deep, everlasting rest. I want to give you my rest. I promise. But if you want my rest, then you must learn to submit to my yoke. Okay? Because true freedom, we'll say this again, true freedom isn't just doing whatever you want. Right? Because when you just do whatever you want, you end up becoming a slave to yourself. And you do not want to be a slave to yourself. I've spent a lot of my life a slave to myself. You're not a good master, okay? No, rather, true freedom is submission to Christ. That's real freedom. It's practicing these rhythms of rest and habits of slowing that will free you from the bondage to self and approval of others that you have mistakenly called freedom. Now, that's what Jesus says. But if you won't take Jesus' word on it for whatever reason, you know, uh, you could take it from an eight-year-old. In fact, a Vista eight-year-old, Campbell Caperton, is one of my favorite eight-year-olds on the planet. And this week she sent me this. This is basically her summarizing our entire series in like three sentences. Okay? This is what Campbell sent me this week. She says, nowadays in 2020, we get to do whatever we want, whenever we want. But have you ever thought that whatever you want is not good for you? Because when you do whatever you want, you just become a slave to yourself. Can I get an amen? Oh, my Lord, we got, a, we got an eight-year-old preacher on our hands. She's coming for me. And so all that said, we're ending the series today with what I think is probably the most practical sermon we have ever preached here at the Vista. Like, I'm serious. I've been here for eight and a half years. And over those eight and a half years, I've been asked a lot of different questions, you know, incredible, complicated, mind-bending, theological and biblical and social questions But most of the questions I get asked are actually these really simple questions like, Austin, how do I pray? You know, like, what do I say and why do I do it? Or what do I do like Monday through Saturday? You're like, I get the Sunday thing and that's good. And we do that here. Well, I get that. But what do I do with the rest of my life, which just so happens to be like the most of my life? Right. Like, what does a, a day or a week look like if I'm following Jesus? Well, and those are such Great and important questions. And we are so excited today to introduce you to a really practical tool that's going to give us a really clear and simple framework for following Jesus well Monday through Saturday. Right? I feel like I'm, I'm Steve Jobs about to do an Apple reveal, but I just don't have my turtleneck on, okay? We're so excited about this tool, this tool that we are calling our Vista Rule of Life, okay? Our Vista rule of life. And so what we're going to do today is I'm going to spend just a few minutes explaining the big picture concept to you. And then Nick and Sarah, our community pastors, are going to walk us through the specifics. Okay, sound good? So the first thing to know about our Vista rule of life is that it is paradoxically not a list of rules to follow. So you can take a deep breath, right? Our Vista rule of life is not a list of rules to follow. It's not a list of rules that you can feel self-righteous about keeping or guilty about breaking, right? No, rather than a prescription for what your life has to look like. Our rule of life is a description of what your life can look like. In other words, it's not, hey, uh, you have to do these things. And if you don't do these things, we're going to kick you out of this church. Y'all, I've been here eight and a half years. We ain't never kicked anybody out of this church. Probably should have a couple times, but we've never done it, okay? That's not what this is about. You have to do this. Rather, it's, hey, come try this if you'd like a little bit of help. That makes sense? Anybody feel like they could use a little bit of help? I I realized a long time ago, I'm not here at church because I've got it figured out. I'm here at church because I do not have it figured out and I could use a little bit of help, okay? So our Vista rule of life is not a list of rules to follow, but it is a description of a life, meaning a day 
and a week formed by healthy habits that will help you grow with purpose toward Christ-likeness, okay? And so all that said, that's great. Our list of our rule of life is not a list of rules to follow. Okay, we got that. But if it's not a list of rules to follow, then why do we call it a rule of life, right? Great question. I'm glad you asked. So the word rule actually comes from the Latin word regula, which refers to something like a trellis or a lattice that a plant or vine can grow up, right? You've seen these before. Maybe you've got one in your backyard. You've seen one in your neighbor's backyard. You didn't know what it was, but now you know, right? It's a trellis. It's a lattice. And so it's a really cool image that's being communicated here, all right? Think of it like this. As humans, our lives are constantly growing. And if we don't have a little bit of guidance, our lives tend to grow a little bit out of control, right? We're like some wild vine that just grows all over the place and makes a mess of everything. Is this a good visual metaphor for what a lot of your lives are like? Not with me. I've seen the inside of some of your cars, so I know that it is, right? This is what my life has looked like for the last five months. I had a baby in quarantine, y'all. This has been my life. And so that's where a rule, a regula, a trellis comes in. A trellis provides just enough structure to allow a vine or a plant to grow, yeah, but grow with some purpose and direction, right? To flourish and bear good fruit instead of growing into a wild, tangled mess, which is what we tend to do if we're left to our own devices. In the same way, our Vista rule of life is a set of suggested, not required, suggested daily and weekly habits that will help you grow with purpose toward Christ-likeness, okay? Last thing I want to mention before Nick and Sarah come out is that our rule of life is about subtraction, not addition. Okay, it's about subtraction, not addition. In other words, this is not a list of like more things for you to do. Does anyone in here need more things to do? I know you don't. Why? We don't need more things to do. So this is not a list of more things to do so that you can prove you're good enough or righteous enough or woke enough or biblical enough or whatever enough. No, this is rather an invitation to do a few simple things that will constantly remind you that Jesus is enough, right? Not that you need to do more to be enough, right? Right, so that said, that framework in place, Nick and Sarah are going to come out now and they're going to walk us through four daily and four weekly habits, very simple habits that comprise our Vista rule of life. So I'm going to pass it over to y'all, mask up and and listen up. Good morning, you guys. Morning. Yeah, it's hard to read your faces with masks on, so I'm going to try to read your eyes. Mm. Well, y'all, Nick and uh, I are so excited to talk to you about Vista's rule of life. This is something that, as a staff, we have talked about and prayed about and tried to uh, practice in our own lives, and we're just really excited to talk to you about it. Um, Like Austin mentioned, the rule of life is about subtraction, not addition. And I know when I first heard that from Austin, I was like, that sounds like one of those like a rule. cool hipster phrases that, you know, writers say to sound smart um, and that I don't understand. Um, and so, because you, you are asking me to do yep. more, right? Yep. But the rule of life um, is not about doing more, like Austin said, but the hope is that it will be a tool to help us do different. Yep. The hope is that we would be able to strip away some of the unhealthy and empty calorie habits that we all have, right? And that we would weave these simple rhythms into our life that will continually remind us that Jesus is enough. 
And y'all, when we can rest in the truth that Jesus is enough, we will finally begin to understand what Jesus meant when he said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so we're going to jump in here. Nick, get us started on the rule of life. Yeah, so Austin mentioned the Vista rule of life consists of four daily and four weekly habits. As we kind of walk through these, do not feel like you have to memorize them, write them all down, take excellent notes. We're really excited because in the Vista app, we have all these resources on there uh, that we'll cover here in just a second, and then we'll give you a bookmark as you leave here today. Uh, so you don't have to remember these. So just kind of sit back, kind of take it all in, and we'll walk through these uh, together. So our first daily habit uh, is prayer, and specifically three set times of prayer a day. So morning, midday, and evening. Uh, now Christians uh, for thousands of years now have had this tradition and this ancient practice of a three set times of prayer a day. And then going all the way back into the Old Testament, if you ever heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den, Daniel was thrown into the den because he was caught praying three times a day. Uh, and then Jesus and his disciples didn't just pray when they felt like it because a lot of times that moment never comes, right? And so uh, they were intentional about setting aside time uh, for prayer. And here, here's kind of what we're getting at here. We all need to, uh, if we say pr prayer is a priority, let's make a plan for it, right? And let's, let's create some habits and rhythms uh, so that we make sh uh, sure that prayer is an important part of our day. And so we'll walk through these. Uh, our morning prayer is a prayer to receive the day as opposed to seizing the day. If you're anything like me, all too often we wake up uh, and we just rush out the door kind of in our own power, our own own resources, so we can accomplish our own agenda. Uh, but our morning prayer, we receive the day, is about submitting patiently to the love and the work of God in your life. And so these two prayers in the morning look a little bit like this. One, we receive the love of God. We start out our time uh, acknowledging that we are unconditionally accepted by our good and gracious Father and that there is nothing we can do today. We cannot do enough good or enough bad uh, that would change that status that we are his children. Uh, and when you start the day like that, you end up kind of living out the rest of your day from a deep uh, place of security and selflessness rather than insecurity and selfishness And because you have nothing to prove. And because of that, you can be free uh, to whatever the Spirit wants to do in your life that day. And so our second prayer in the morning is receiving the action of the Spirit. We, we follow a God who is living and active and wants to work in the lives, in your life and those around you. And so we just pray, Holy Spirit, help me to see where you're already at work today and let me join in that work. So that's our morning prayer. Our midday prayer is just simply a prayer for other people. Uh, if you're anything like me, uh, our prayers can become self-absorbed. Focused on ourselves, our own grievances, how people have treated us wrong, all of those things. And there's times to pray for those things, right? But our midday prayer is actually kind of a stake in the ground. It's an intentional time where we're going to take the focus off of ourselves and we're going to pray for those around us. And you can pray these like really big prayers, like for our world. We're in a pandemic. You can pray, God, bring this, you know, to a close or help our nurses and doctors. You can pray those big prayers for our country or for your church, or you can pray really specific prayers. Uh, maybe for loved ones that are sick or uh, friends that are, are going through a hard time. Or maybe people, you're praying for people to come to know Jesus. And so they can be very uh, small prayers as well. Uh, and then we have our evening prayer, which is a prayer to just release the day in peace. So that can look like you reflect on your day in gratitude. You thank God for who he is, what he's done. You can confess your sin knowing that that God, again, unconditionally has accepted you through his son, Jesus. And you can, you can confess with confidence that Christ has already uh, forgiven you. 
And then finally, you just release the day with peace. And so if you're anything like me, I, I struggle with anxiety, and this has been so helpful for me. Uh, I, I look at my journal at the end of the day, and I realize, oh, there's stuff I didn't get done. And I get to pray and go, you know what, Lord, I know that we'll take care of this. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, and I'm not taking that worry and anxiety uh, into sleep. And so it's a prayer to release today because we know that God is in control. So that's our first habit, uh, prayer at three uh, set times a day. Our second one coincides with this quite a bit, and it's Scripture, and specifically uh, just reading a passage of Scripture a day. Uh, that can be anything from like a verse of the day. Maybe you have an app or one of those calendars that have a verse of the day, and you read it, and you take a couple minutes to think on it. Or you can read a chapter at a time. Maybe you're doing a reading plan, you read a chapter a day. Or maybe some of you pull out the commentaries and, and read for hours at a time. The good thing about all of these prayers and the Scripture reading is it can be as brief or as lengthy as you'd like. And the reality is it'll probably look a little different each day, and that's okay too. So, Sarah, can you give us just kind of an example of like what your morning routine looks like so it makes a little bit, yeah, little bit exactly. more sense? Yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, um, as the day goes on, I am less and less likely to sit down and spend uh, focused time in prayer and in the Word of God. Um, truthfully, once I walk out of my bedroom door, I'm probably not going back in there because there are so many distractions with my name on them. And so I know that for this to happen for me in the morning, I have to make a plan, which is kind of what we're talking about. So I know I'm going to need my Bible, my journal, a pen, I need my water bottle, and I'm going to need a clean workspace. And so what I've done is I have moved uh, a desk into my closet and the night before, I need to gather everything that I need and make sure that it's sitting and waiting for me on my desk that I've cleared off so because it can be the catch-all in my closet. Um, but I have prepared myself for some uninterrupted time with God. So I know that when I get up in the morning, all I have to do is go in my closet and make it happen. And the hope is that I would have about 15 minutes in prayer. Um, I have loved this morning template for prayer that has just reminded me that this day belongs to the Lord and I want to receive it from him and not take it like it's mine. Um, and then hopefully if I've timed it right, you know, before the kids get up, I can spend 20 to 30 minutes in scripture. And, you know, scripture will just depend on what I'm going through at that time. Uh, right now, our women's ministry is about to start a new study. So I've been going through that. So that might look different every day. Um, and it definitely does not look like this every day. There are days I get up and did not plan well or didn't make it happen. Um, but I know that that's what I want it to look like. Yeah, and the important thing is, too, just for us to consider is like, this is like us at our best, <laughs> these rhythms. And inevitably, the reason why we have these rhythms is because we'll fall off for a day, for a week, a month at a time, whatever it may be. But we know we can kind of get back on the track, if you will. So, um, yeah, that's our morning rut uh, routine. We talked a little bit about evening. Midday can be as simple as if you have a lunch and you're driving back to work, pray, pick a couple of people and pray for them. Or when you get back to the office, close the door and, uh, and pray for them. And so that's our first two. Why don't you talk to us about our third daily habit? Yeah. So our third daily habit is meals, specifically share a meal with someone else each day. You guys, we were designed for genuine relationships with God and with people, right? And it's those genuine relationships that really make our life flourish. So when we share a meal with someone else, we are creating space for those genuine relationships to deepen and to just be enjoyed. So think about like communion, right? It's this meal that we share with God. Maybe you've heard it uh, called the Lord's Supper, but it's this meal that we share with God that takes the opportunity to enjoy the genuine relationship that we have with him. This moment to pause and to be grateful and to thank him 
explore that relationship and just enjoy it, right? So we're made to commune with God and likewise to commune with other people. So that might mean, you know, going to lunch with a friend or a coworker, maybe inviting a family over for dinner, taking your spouse on a date or something. And it absolutely means having uh, dinner with your family around the dinner table, you know, your kids and your spouse, and just making that an intentional time together. So the thing to remember about meals is it's not just about eating food, right? The goal of this daily habit is to create intentional space for relationship to be, to be deepened and enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. And our, our fourth daily habit is centered around technology, um, specifically um, we, when we talk about this, we talk about um, putting technology in its proper place. Like technology can be really good and, and helpful. I am teaching from my iPad, and it's great. I'm using a microphone so you can hear me. You see this big screen. That's all technology, and it's good. But if technology, if we don't put it in its proper place, it tends to rob us from the most important things like prayer, scripture, and relationships, those mills. And so uh, our two, we have kind of two, we cheated a little bit. We put two in here under technology. So our first one is prayer and scripture before phone. We talked about kind of waking up and just start seizing the day instead of receiving the day. Your phone is probably the biggest obstacle or the thing that causes you to start seizing the day. Because think about it, you wake up, whatever time, you kind of reach over uh, and grab your phone and you see that email from an, uh, a coworker, and then you, boom, now you're in work mode, right? And you got to start thinking about work. And then you get a nudge from Amazon that says, ooh, deal of the day. And you're like, well, well, I got my phone. I might as well check it out. And now you just brought a croquet set, and you don't even play croquet, but it doesn't matter because you got a deal on it. So that's awesome. Way to go. Uh, and then from there, you kind of go on TikTok, and you got to check out the new dances and Instagram and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you, you've let Amazon, you've let Instagram, you've let you know, your coworkers' emails have the first word on your day. And now you're kind of in a posture of just responding to, to that stuff. It's not bad stuff, but you're responding. Instead, let God have the first word on your day. Make a plan. You're going to say, before I pick up my phone, I'm going to have a time of prayer, whether it's five minutes or 105 minutes. It doesn't matter. You're letting God have the first word on your day. So prayer and scripture before phone. The second one is similar. We just heard Sarah talk about how important meals are. Uh, we would say, put the phone away at meals and iPads and PCs or Whatever. Put it all away. Uh, because, raise your hand on this one. Uh, how many times have you tried to have a conversation with someone and they're kind of just doing this right here? Raise your hand. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. How many times have you been that person? Yes. Awesome. That happens. There's nothing more frustrating when I'm sitting here having a conversation with my man, John Weibel. I'm like, man, John, this thing's going on. And John, he look, he's looking for his phone. Uh, and he's his, phone, his face is buried in their phone. And, and John goes, yeah, that's great. And I just told him my dog died. And John's, yeah, cool, 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 cool. You know, and, and it's frustrating, and it's hard to build deep, meaningful relationships when our face is stuck inside our phone. So put the phone away at meals and be where your feet are. So that's technology. That's our four daily habits. Why don't you talk to us about our four weekly habits? Yeah. So the really neat thing about our four weekly habits that you will notice is um, they will begin to become just a more natural part of your life as those four daily habits become actual rhythms. So uh, kind of watch out for that as you start to incorporate these four daily rhythms. These four weekly ones will just start to be a little bit more natural. So our first weekly habit is going to be Sabbath. And um, we've talked 
the last several weeks in this series about hurry sickness, slowing down. We've done other sermons before about Sabbath and kind of how it's actually 24 hours of rest, not just leisure, not just doing what's fun, but rest. Um, And, you know, it can look different ways, and Sabbath's not about what you do and what you don't do, right? Sabbath's about taking a day every week, one day, to really press in to the truth that the burden that Jesus asked us to carry, his burden is light and easy. And if we're not feeling that light and easy burden, we're probably not Sabbathing, okay? So every week, one day of real and true Sabbath. Our second weekly habit is kind interaction with a stranger. Um, We are just prone to kind of be in our own world, right? We know our own schedules and our own worlds. It's natural for us to be a little bit more absorbed in what we have going on. And so we want to be intentional to be aware of others. And the neat thing about what the rule of life does is as we're practicing Sabbath and slowing down and praying for other people, uh, we're naturally going to start seeing outside of ourselves and we're going to notice others. And so every week, try to interact with someone that you don't know in a kind manner. You know, if you're at the grocery store and you see someone that can't reach something on the top shelf, help them out, you know? Hey, thanks yeah. for doing that for me too, by yeah. the way. I appreciate that. I got you, Nick. Good looking out. Help someone out. You know, if you see a mom or dad that is very clearly just struggling with parenting, tell them that they're doing a good job. Offer someone the slightest of compliments. The goal of this weekly habit is this, you guys. Just take the time to be the person who stops and who speaks, okay? Our third weekly habit is time with the vulnerable and underprivileged. Y'all, all through scripture, we see that the heart of God is bent towards those who are broken. And we want our heart to bend the same. There are so many ways that we can Uh, be involved in serving um, the vulnerable and underprivileged. We have a whole list of uh, our local partners on our website, thevista.tv slash city, and you can check those out there. But that list isn't exhaustive. There are so many opportunities. The goal of spending time with the vulnerable and and, uh, the underprivileged is this. Plan your kindness. Plan your kindness. Get it on the calendar. Like we said, we are just naturally absorbed in our own world and our own schedules. So make a plan to be able to do this every week to spend time with the vulnerable and the underprivileged. Our very last weekly habit is really simple, you guys. Invite someone to church. You may or may not be surprised to hear that about 50% of us in this room will not invite anyone to church all year. Y'all look around this room. We are Vista Community Church, this beautiful family of believers, this space that we get to come together and talk through all the things that God says in his word about life and relationships and about knowing him. And there are so many people in this world, broken and hurting people who desperately need to experience this, the love of Jesus Christ from a community of believers that embodies what that looks like. Absolutely. So just to kind of recap for you, our four uh, daily habits, uh, you don't have to remember these. We've got some resources we're about to talk about. So it's prayer, scripture, meals, and technology. And then our four uh, weekly habits is Sabbath, or 24 hours of rest, kind interaction with the stranger, time spent with the vulnerable and underprivileged, and then invite somebody into church, into this community that God is doing a really cool work through awesome, amazing people like you. So Austin said this sermon is going to be the most practical thing you've ever heard, and we're about to Live, uh, live into that truth, okay? So all, most of these uh, resources are going to be available on the app. 
If you're not a digital person, we have a bookmark for you we're going to give you today that has all these reminders on there. But I wanted to just show you kind of what a morning routine might look like. And so if you have the Vista app, you can open it up. If you don't have the Vista app, make sure you download it. But let's open it up here on the home screen. What you'll do under worship, you can see the rule of life resources. You'll tap worship, then rule of life. And then you can see kind of the additional resources and the kind of reminder up there. Um, the most, what you'll use most is those three in the, in the middle there, morning, midday, evening. And so let's click on morning. So when you click on this, you'll kind of be re- kind of greeted with a reminder to just slow down, take a deep breath, and, and be right here, okay? Re- receive the day instead of seizing the day. And then there's some prayer scripts that will follow. You can, you can literally read them off and make it a prayer. Or what I have found uh, in the six to seven weeks I've been using this is now kind of we'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to pray this and kind of make it my own. And that's the hope. But you'll receive uh, the love of God. And the next one on there is a prayer to... Uh, receive the action of the Spirit, and then you'll have a reminder there to uh, read Scripture, a little prayer there to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate God's Word to you, and then you'll get the, the reminder again just to live this day in God's grace. And so that's what it can look like uh, for you. And the important thing is, is make this your own. Austin said it many times. You heard it from us. These are suggestions. These are healthy rhythms that if you, if you need help, like me, because all too often I try to do things on my own, we got to remember, we've got 2,000 years of Christianity that we can draw on. This is a received faith. We don't have to make it up on our own. We get, to, we get to benefit from the thousands of years that faithful men and women have followed God, and we get to glean from that. Um, and we talked a little bit, too, again, about rhythms or rules. Like that rule, I grew up in a pretty conservative, kind of legalistic type deal. And so there's a little pushback in me. You had it, too. We talked about it. And I, I promise you, I've been doing this for about six, seven weeks now, and it already has been a huge, huge blessing in, in my life and my family uh, because we, my six-year-old, you know, when it came time for breakfast like or lunch or dinner, we, it was hard to even get her to pray for her food because she just grabs it and just shoves it in her face. Uh, and so it's been one of those things. She's like, I don't want to pray. And it, it kind of broke my heart. I'm like, she's a little skeptic, you know. Uh, and so... And we didn't know what to do, but for the last six, seven weeks, every single morning, we start our day um, slowing down. We'll sing the doxology. We recite the Apostles' Creed, and we'll pray these, these prayers. And she loves it. In fact, she'll try to, like, beat me to the lines of Apostles' Creed and, like, jinx me, so I have to sit there silent for, like, five minutes. She thinks it's the best thing. She's a little punk. But uh, it's, it's been so awesome. And we were driving in the car the other day, and she said, I, I, or my wife was driving. I'm in the pastor's seat, and Ellis goes, Dad, can we pray? And I'm like, yeah, you know, like bawling, because this is something for like two or three years now we've been trying to like, we don't want to say pray, you know, but like it's been really hard in submitting to these rhythms. Now it, it, it becomes normal. We're taking these spiritual things and, and making them kind of a normal part of our life. And that's the important thing. And it's going to look different from y'all. Don't hear us say you've got to do this, this and that. Make it your own. But the important thing is if prayer and scripture and all these things are going to be a priority, you need a plan. And, and if you'll submit to these rhythms, it's going to be a huge benefit for you and those around you. Jen Wilkins says it uh, this way. So we will not uh, wake up 10 years from now and find we have passively taken on the character of God. And so if you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, many of you probably have great spiritual disciplines, and that's, that's awesome. For, for, but for me, maybe a lot of us, we need help. We need a plan. And so if you'll submit to these rhythms, this rule of life, you'll become someone who's less distracted, less self-absorbed, less hurry sick, and you'll become a person who pays more attention to God and to other people. And that is what we're here to do. We're here to love God 
and love people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of a new day. God, you are good. You are gracious. And we just acknowledge this morning, God, that there is absolutely nothing we can do today to earn your love or to lose your love. And that is good news. You are good. You're gracious. And so we, we receive your love this morning and we confess, God, that we, we need you. Um, so we ask, God, that these rules, right, these rhythms, this rule of life uh, would not be seen as some rigid um, burden, but we would see it, God, as something you're inviting us into. Because your yoke is easy, your burden is light. We thank you. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.